Hey everybody, welcome to the Church Nerd Podcast. This is Andrew. Join me as I seek the answers for a question that's been rattling around in my head for days, keeping me up at night. And that is, how old is Thor? Yes, in true church nerd fusion, we're talking about comic book characters, Christianity, and where all this comes together. So please, let's explore together on this episode of the Church Nerd Podcast. So how did we get here, everyone? Well, let me tell you a little bit about what I've been doing with my free time. Over the past several weeks, I've been re-watching all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, all those comic book movies. But I've been doing so in timeline order. So movies that were set chronologically in the past, like Captain America or uh, Captain Marvel, uh, are earlier in the timeline. Uh, even though Black Widow, for example, was just now released in theaters, I think it's still playing in theaters, it's set several years in the past, so it gets kind of stuck in the middle of this timeline order of movies. And I really enjoy doing it that way. I suggest you do it if you're a fan. But as I was watching Avengers Infinity War, I heard this line spoken by Chris Hemsworth's Thor. You know, I'm 1,500 years old. I've killed twice as many enemies as that, and every one of them would have rather killed me, but none succeeded. I'm only alive because fate wants me alive. What a great line. But wait, 1,500 years old? That seems a little light. In the comics, it's, it explains that the Marvel Asgardians uh, visited Earth hundreds of years ago, and that influence became the inspiration for the Norse mythology that Earthlings, us Terrans, are familiar with. So my thought is... Shouldn't Thor in the comics or in the movies be older than just 1,500 years old? I mean, how old is Norse mythology in the first place? Is it younger than Christianity? Well, this made me instantly go for my phone and stop the movie and start searching on Google. And after doing that and going down some Wikipedia rabbit holes and finally getting some sleep and then picking it up the next day, here we are. So let's talk about some Norse mythology, some superheroes, and let's just totally get into this. So, what is Norse mythology? Well, the simple answer is that Norse mythology comprises the myths and legends of pre-Christian Scandinavian peoples. It includes deities like Thor and Frigga and Odin and Loki and all these other family members and all the hijinks they get up to. And we're familiar with that, kind of in the same way we're familiar with the Greek pantheon, except, you know, it's set in Norway or Scandinavia. The tales we have are written in Old Norse, a North Germanic language spoken during the European Middle Ages. It's the ancestor of our modern Scandinavian languages. The majority of these Old Norse texts were created in Iceland, where the oral tradition stemmed from pre-Christian inhabitants therein, and were recorded primarily in the 13th century. The texts I'm referring to are the Prose Edda, comprised by someone named Snorri Starlson, and then the Poetic Edda, a collection of poems from an earlier traditional material compiled anonymously around the same time. But that's where things start getting more complicated. It's easy to say that the 13th century's Prose Edda and Poetic Edda are the start of Norse mythology as we know it, but that's simply when these oral traditions were written down. 
Neil Gaiman, a very popular writer who's done extensive work with Norse mythology, notes that the reason these things were written down was that the peoples were worried about uh, the culture losing those little idioms that were so important for the tongue. If they didn't write down the poems and the traditions, the turns of phrase that were inspired by them, the idioms, wouldn't have their root meaning. For example, if you said Frigga's tears, it meant gold. But you wouldn't know that if you had the story that tied the idiom to its meaning. So just because the prose Edda and the poetic Edda are from the 13th century doesn't mean that Thor and the gang are seven to 800 years old. They're older. The oral tradition just goes back further. And so putting a pin in where exactly that sort of takes shape, how far back a, a hypothetical time traveler could go back in time and still see what we would recognize as the Norse pantheon being worshipped, is hard to say. For me, the issue when I was mentally dating Norse mythology was that you keep thinking of Norse mythology as the pre-Christian Scandinavian religion. But I have to remind myself is that Christianity was not able to reach up into Scandinavia until very late in the game. The Germanic tradition, and especially the power of the Vikings, especially during the Viking Age, was just really strong. There was no need for an invading religion to take over. They had a very strong grasp on their area of influence, and that included spreading their names and their culture to places, especially in Scotland, England, and Ireland. I mean, look at the names of the days of the week. Sunday and Monday are named for celestial bodies, the sun and the moon. But the other days are named for Norse gods. Tears is Tuesday. Woden, or Odin's day, is Wednesday. Thor's day is Thursday. And Frigga's day is Friday. Saturday is the only one that doesn't really kind of fit the mold. It has to do with Saturn, and it's, it's Roman. So uh, there's that. So there is some Roman influence in our day of the week. But honestly, we are a Germanic Norse people if we are English speakers. So let's do it. Let's be those hypothetical time travelers going back in time and seeing how far we can still recognize Thor. Well, to start, here we are in the modern age. Do we know who Thor is? Yes. Yes, we do. That's why we're having this discussion. Now let's set the dial for 13th century and go. Okay, well, here we are. And is Thor well known? Well, look, here we have this copy of the Prose Edda and the Poetic Edda written right in front of us. And let's look around and see. Yep, there's Thor, prominently mentioned, uh, the main character in several stories and the supporting character in others. Great. Okay, so we know Thor is here, but this is the 13th century. This is not the uh, heyday of Norse Viking culture. For the Viking Age, we have to go anywhere between 963 and 1066 AD. So let's do that now with our time machine. Well, here we are in the High Viking Age. And yes, we see Thor depicted in the cultural record. Uh, there's runes carved in stone, there's statues made, there's amulets to Thor. There are examples of Thor. And so even though we don't have written stories of those times, we have Thor depicted in art and in the cultural remnants. So setting our controls in our time machine, we're traveling backwards to between 300 and 800 AD to the migration period. When the Scandinavian people weren't even in Scandinavia, they were still in Germania, in Europe. 
because remember, these are northern Germanic tribes that eventually did get to Norway and Scandinavia and those parts of the globe, but at this point in time, they're not there yet. They're still in places like Bavaria. And Bavaria had mention of the god Donar. Donar is the earlier name of Thor. And so if we uh, establish Donar as the earlier version of Thor, we can trace Thor's influence back even as early as 300. But does Thor go any further back than that? Well, let's travel a little bit farther. And so as we take one more trip in our time machine, we land in 2nd century Germania, what is now modern-day northwestern Germany. Now, these people, as I mentioned, would eventually move to the Scandinavian regions, which would develop their own Norse culture and Norse mythology. We just talked about how Donar was this Germanic version of Thor, but this early Roman record doesn't have Donar listed. And that's simply because Roman records used Roman names. When they encountered characteristics similar to Roman culture, they would just identify it with a Roman name. So when they saw depictions or heard about descriptions of Donar, they just named him Hercules or Jupiter, much in the same way Odin was identified as Mercury. These are just using Roman names to uh, describe Germanic culture and story. So if we wanted to, we could say that Thor, who was Donar, who was Hercules or Jupiter, does go back as far as the second century. And that's as far as we can say. That's as far as the record will support a lineage. But that really sort of answers my initial question. In the Marvel comic movie, when Chris Hemsworth's Thor says, I'm 1,500 years old, and if the comic book characters in movie were said to be the cultural inspiration for our Norse gods, yes, you could say that comic book Thor is 1,500 years old, and it would be historically not that far off from reality. Who we call Thor is about 1,500 years old. Now, the god lineage goes further than that, but that kind of is to be expected because I just assumed Norse mythology was much older than Christianity to begin with. And it turns out it kind of is and isn't, depending on how you read the record. Obviously, the, the leaps that I've made today are uh, a bit out there and could be better supported by other articles. If you have information that would either defend or uh, uh, reject my claims, please be sure to share them with me. But the fact that someone who was writing a movie script and was putting kind of a throwaway line in a uh, dramatic uh, emotional moment where uh, a character is saying something about their life and but really kind of what they intend to do with the rest of it, that they are there because fate uh, requires them to be there, a throwaway line about I'm 1,500 years old is historically not too bad, not too far off. The, you know, kudos to whoever wrote that line and took, you know, five minutes to research it. Maybe they took more time. I don't know, but I have to say I'm kind of impressed. And also it 
took me down a rabbit hole of realizing I don't know nearly as much about the history of Norse mythology as I thought I did, and it was a reason for me to become much better acquainted with the stories. So what questions do you have? What little weird quirks uh, perked your ear up when you were watching a particular show or movie or reading a book and caused you to go down some internet rabbit holes? Please share those with me so that I can help produce more stuff like this. Well, that has been another episode of the Church Nerd Podcast. If you'd like to find a way to support the show or contact me for suggestions for future episodes, you can find all that information and so much more visiting thechurchnerd.com. So please check out the website for all the information. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I have as well. And as always, dear listeners, God bless.